Welcome to Fearlessly Made You. I am your host, Christy Tobias. Joining me today are guests just striving to dominate in their personal and professional lives while answering the question, what does it mean to be fearlessly made? On this episode of Fearlessly Made You, I am joined by the fabulous fellow podcaster, fellow fierce woman, Mimi Jacks. She's the host of Improper Mimi. And y'all, I love this woman. She truly just embodies what it means to be fearlessly made you and just embodies that conversation around not allowing fear to own your life. It may exist, but it doesn't have to own us. And guys, I'm just so excited to introduce you guys to Mimi Jacks. Mimi, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm so glad to join you. You know, one of the things that I love about Fearlessly Made You is kind of talking about our backgrounds and our stories. And um, for those of you that that may remember, Fearlessly Made You, the podcast came from my book, Fearlessly Made You, and and my journey with post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, all of that really helps me understand the importance of sharing people's stories and hearing other people's voices. So I would love for our Fearlessly Made You crew to hear a little bit more about your voice and your story. So instead of me trying to tell people about you, I want you to tell us about you. So Tell our Fearlessly Made You crew a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. And I love that, the Fearlessly Made You crew, you know. Um, Again, my name is Mimi Jacks. I have a podcast, Improper Mimi. And I basically talk about empowering women at home, work, and play. Um, I think for myself personally, some of my story is uh, I grew up, I was born in Ohio, grew up in Boston. I live in New York now. And so I just kind of felt like, uh, maybe my story growing up, I've always um, kind of had to watch what I say, you know, and mind, you know, my manners. And now I'm at a point in my life where, you know what, I want to say whatever I want to say. It may be improper, but, you know, I think that it's something that a lot of women, you know, also feel inside that they want to say or questions that they have, you know. So, um, you know, as a, you know, single mom and, you know, working in the city now, you know, I just, I just love like expressing myself and sharing, you know, however I'm feeling with everyone. I love that. There's such a power in that. So one of the great things about that you focus on empowering women is kind of the way that we met as well was kind of through another like fierce, fearless woman. Um, And, you know, I think there's just something so beautiful about that. So for people that don't know or, or don't remember kind of the story behind, you know, my journey and, and the trauma and all of that, I think there's something so beautiful about bringing us all together and having that dialogue. So Mimi, I know within your podcast, we had a chance to have these conversations. I would love for people just to know a little bit more about maybe some of the things that have brought you passion, a little bit of your background and kind of where that came from, because it is just so empowering to know you and to, to hear you speak about that. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, growing up, um, you know, in, in a, in a Christian household, you know, and having different, you know, constraints on myself and, and not just constraints because, you know, I, I think it's important for people to know that, um, your religion and your choice is not a constraint. It's a choice of life. It's a way of life that you choose to live by. But, you know, sometimes as a teenager, you're like, Oh my goodness, there's so many rules. Mom and dad, what are you doing to me? Um, but I think, you know, just, coming of age myself and just some of the things I've been through, like, like I mentioned, you know, being a single mom um, and that itself was, you know, like a product of like sexual assault. And so 
just how I bottle things inside and how I communicate with people and have relationships with people. It took me a while to kind of unpack all of that, you know, kind of like peel back those layers of the onion and, um, and how I interact with people. Now, let me tell you, when people see me and meet me, I'm always a happy, bubbly Mimi. So they always think everything is a-okay. You know, everything is fine with you. Um, but I think as I've gotten older, I've learned how important it is to, um, to communicate, to share your story, to speak your truth. Um, and to set boundaries, you know, boundaries are very important. Um, when it comes to, um, being able to live your best life, right? You know, like if you're always pleasing other people, then you're not really going to enjoy the time that you have for yourself. Um, so those are things that I like to, to share with the youth. And when I started Improper Mimi, part of it was to make sure that young women understood and knew that they had a voice, you know, that they can speak freely and have a safe place to talk. So that's kind of, you know, a little more about that. <laughs> you know, you are so vulnerable in that conversation because I think you bring up several points. Um, and honestly, like that was that we're done. Like that was it. No, just kidding. <laughs> but no, what you bring up is so important because it's the conversation around being very specific about young women to feel like they have a voice and young women to hear your story um, because it's an uncomfortable one, right? And also the reality that just because things happen in our lives doesn't mean that they own us. We can own those journeys. Yes. And so mm -hmm. I think about that for you as well, because what I would love to know from you is as you think about the conversation around what it means to be fearlessly made and what that kind of means and resonates for you and for people around you, how would you describe your fearless existence? And then how would you also provide guidance and advice to people? You know, you've been doing this through the podcast, but I think about the legacy that you're passing on to your own child. Like, what does that look like for you from being fearlessly made? So, so let's just start there and kind of put, peel back the layers, as you said, around the conversation yeah. around being fearlessly made. Yeah. And first, let me even thank you for introducing fearlessly made, you know, and kind of defining, you know, uh, what it meant for you, you know, so then I could even look at it, you know, from my point of view. But I think for me, fearlessly made um, means that, you know, no one is perfect. Um, so I don't have to pretend that I have zero fear, because there is definitely still fear within yes. my life, or but not fear that cripples me. Yes, you know? so, yes. So fearlessly made still, I still feel emboldened to um, have the audacity <laughs> to think that, you know, not that nothing's going to bother me, but I know God has my back. You yes. know what I'm saying? So um, I know that if someone has some ill will for me, God's going to take care of that. So yes, I'm not going to worry about something I can't control. Right? Yes. So, um I love to, you know, like I say, live my best life. You know, people look at me, they're like, oh, you're always doing this or doing that. I had some friends who, you know, if they're interested in dating and they're like, well, are there going to be guys there? And I'm like, I don't care if there's going to be guys there. I'm going to Thank have you. fun. When you see me having fun, yes. then you'll want to chat with me and talk with me and we can have, you know, a conversation. So, um yeah, I, I just love to, I love to eat, drink, travel, um, all of that good stuff. 
That's fantastic. I think that there's something so beautiful about that because I think too many times we allow like those, the negativities to be it. Like that's all I'm going to focus on. And I say that to we, you know, I say that to our audience, like I say that for myself included, there may be something that's keeping you down or maybe you're having a trigger because when you go through traumatic situations, when you go through things that are difficult, you get triggered by certain things. And sometimes that can be like all that owns you. And then it's that reminder, (laughs) but I have this whole life that I'm living and I have this whole way that I'm being and I can love that. And I love your use of the word embolden because I think there's something yeah. so powerful in that. And you translate that in everything that you do. And for those of you that, that, that don't know, clearly you see like we're in, we're in a little virtual world. So maybe it's in Brooklyn. I'm in Pensacola. And it's amazing because that energy and that vibe is something that we share so beautifully. And I think one of the great things about it too is just remembering that no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you can still be emboldened. So I would love for you to share how you transition or transfer kind of that conversation around being emboldened to the youth. Like you've talked a little bit about it, but I would love to learn just a little bit more about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, whether it's my nieces, my nephews, um, students that I'm mentoring, my own daughter, even though I could remember when she was growing up, she really wouldn't, you know, want to listen to mom's advice. So then go listen to, you know, Auntie Kimmy or go listen to, you know, like your mentor. But um, by any means necessary, I would find someone to, you know, help to spread the news or spread that knowledge, you know. Um, but I think for, for youth, it's important to listen, you know, because I can remember even as myself, you know, being told to be quiet and listen to the adults, mm. you know, doesn't give you a lot of opportunity to voice your concerns or your fears. And then I think that's a way when you let them speak and when the adult listens to them, yeah. then you're able to help guide them, right? You're able to give them advice. Um, the same for adults, you know, a lot of times, you know, even in my, um, my corporate job, you know, because I got like three jobs, but (laughs) you do have so many jobs, jobs, you know, with like (laughs) corporate real estate, you know, everyone wants a corner office. Everyone wants to, when they're coming into the office, right. Everyone wants to be able to have the best view. Um, And I think a lot of times if you listen to people and understand their reasons, then you can better, you know, either negotiate or you can better advise them on maybe how to get, what it is that they're searching for without just having one mindset. Like that's the only way I'll be happy is if I have that corner office or, you know, for teenagers, you know, the only way I'm going to be happy is if my mom lets me go to this concert. And, you know, there's a lot of other, um, And my mom's a mathematician, right? So I always tell people there's always more than one way to solve a problem, you know, even though she wants you to do it in her particular way, there's always more than one way to solve a problem, you know? Um, And I think that's in listening to, to people is a big way of helping them to solve that. I love that. That's uh, you hit on something so beautiful because I think we often feel like we're isolated and we think that, Mm -hmm. okay, my my life is my life. I got to figure it out. But you have shared that just in the way that you connect and engage with people as you're talking about living your best life. You are able to connect and allow other people to be part of that life. But then also the solutions to things that we're trying to figure out don't have to be just solved insularly, like within ourselves. Like we can reach out to those people for support and guidance. And so I love that you've talked about kind of what that journey has looked like for you. As you think about your journey and your path forward right now, like kind of where you are in your life, do you find that you have those people or those resources that you reach out to to help empower and dare I say embolden your journey? 
Yes, definitely. Girl, I was just thinking about my tribe, you know, like it, you know, when they say it takes a village, it definitely does. And, and even in my life, I can remember, you know, there's some people that are there for, you know, just that season. And there are, there have been people in my life that have been there throughout the whole time, you know? Um, so I have my girlfriends, we call them the queenship. And these are women that I went through college with, we went through the National Society of Black Engineers together, um, and we continue to stay active in our community. And then I have my book club, La Fusias, you know, and this, this is a collection of women that are so near and dear to my heart. We've been in this um, Spanish book club for like, I want to say we're between like 16, 17 years. So also I've known them since like for years and we've had weddings and funerals and you know divorces and kids and you know so we have been through so many things in life and you know they can I can talk to them about you know corporate work stuff I could talk to them about you know crying because you know my daughter you know maybe isn't listening or something like that so there's so many different um things that we could talk about with them and then of course i have another group the dadas and you know dadas yeah. swahili for sister you know so you'll see us and we'll be like hey dada hey dada <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and these are women that um you know when i moved to new york you know this became my like tight-knit group of yeah. friends that you know we explore the city together um, we talk about any and everything relationships and, you know, so, and then of course, family, yes. you know, family is clutch in like many, many situations. Um, you know, so I'm the middle child, you know, I have an older brother, a younger sister, um, my mother, my father, you know, they're in Boston. So even though they're not all right here with me, yeah. I found that communicating with them, calling them, um, texting, you know, just staying in touch with them has helped so much when I need advice on certain things or even just, you know, data dumping, just venting and talking to them about things. Um, they're, they're definitely, all of those people have such different places in my life, yes. but very much all in my heart. Definitely, definitely my tribe. Yeah. I love that. And it's, I love that you have your tribe. Um, I've always called it my check yourself crew, but I think there's something so beautiful about the diversity and inclusivity of your tribe and where they all fit, like you said, places in your life and seasons in your life too. And so I would love for you to touch on one of the things I've talked about and fearlessly made you the book is there are times where you have to kind of reach out to people and you have to kind of build those networks and relationships. Um, and I think that there are people that are like, but how? And you've got to kind of figure out who your family is if you don't have those blood relatives who are part of your tribe. So if you could give some just kind of advice or tidbits for people on how, how do I find my tribe? How do I identify them? What does that look like? You know, I always talk about value is important to you yeah. and bringing in mm -hmm. that value is so key, but I'd love to get your, your download on how people can find their tribes. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting, you know, one thing that comes to mind is I am the social butterfly. So I love to network and I yes, will meet are. hundreds of people, you know, I'll just talk to almost anyone. And my sister is kind of the opposite where she has a very tight knit group of friends and she'll look at me and she'll say, I'll be like, oh yeah, that's my friend so-and-so. And she's like, is that your friend? Is it really? She's yes. like, and I'm like, okay, okay. It's an associate. Yes. Yeah. People tell me that <laughs> so too. I'm like, oh. It is. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, there may not be like my best friend, but they are definitely, you know, an associate, someone I'll talk to. But to your point and your question, not everyone I am connected with on LinkedIn is a friend that I would share like those, um, those intimate stories and yes. situations. With. Yes. So, right. So you kind of do have to have some discernment about who it is that you let into your inner circle yep. um, because there is a certain sense of vulnerability when you're sharing stories with people. Um, and so one way that I think I really um, help to weed out, you know, those people who are true and loyal and who are honest with me are the ones that, um, that also would be there for me as I would be for them. Yep. You know, that's so absolutely. those ones who don't hold judgment, but they will set you straight. Yeah. If, if, if you need to be read <laughs> oh. the riot act of no, Mimi, you're wrong for that. I love <laughs> you know? that. Because, right? Yeah. And it's the way they deliver it. You know, even though some people may be a little harsher, you know, than others and how they deliver that message, me knowing that that message is for my best interest that tells me that that person really does truly have my best interest in heart yep. and it's someone that I can trust, you know? So Girl, let's that, cheers that, to that. Cause I think that is, is beautiful. I know you've got your little martini over there. I've got my yes. wine as usual. Yes. We cheers to because what you said mm, cheers. is a statement and it's a purpose. Right. And I mm -hmm. think there's such value in people understanding there's a place. And not everyone has to be in that place. Not everyone has to be in your circle. And yeah, the differentiation between friends and associates and knowing that your circle is yours to own and you don't have mm -hmm. to just put people there because they asked to be there. Not everyone is deserving of that place in your life. And so I think you just, you put that so beautifully and you say it so beautifully. It makes me think about as well, though, like you said, you're a social butterfly, but, and I tend to be too, but we get exhausted. And so I'm curious <laughs> yeah. for you, uh, you know, and we, we have our wine, we have our martinis. And I think there's, it's so much fun to, to have fun with, with kind of, you know, those social scenes. But when we're tired, what does it look like for you to build in self-care and balance into your life? So talk to us a little bit about that. Yes. And I love trying, I, you know, it's very hard to reach a, a perfect balance, but I love trying to reclaim some time for myself, you know, um, and it is exhausting to be always on, you know, to always be smiling, to always make other people feel comfortable, to always, yes. you know, listen and, and draw people in so that they could tell you, tell you, tell you what they're going through. When it's time for me to relax, um, whether it's that I want, you know, um, one-on-one -on -one time with some people in my tribe where I need to let them know how I'm feeling yep. or I am perfectly fine with me, myself and I. Yep. Yes. Yep. I, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I started doing this thing and I would recommend it for people. Also, if I'm going on a trip, like a group trip, mm -hmm. you may find Mimi there early or yes. late after everyone else arrives, because I'm going to want a few days to myself. Absolutely. You know, it could be I'll arrive in Jamaica three days before everybody else on the beach by myself, just totally zen. Yes. And then when the crew gets there, then we can all have, you know, fun, turn up or whatever. Um, or even it could be I, I will sit in my house 
and not have the TV on, not have any music on, just, you know, be in silence. And my niece will ask me, hey, Auntie Mimi, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> He's like, she's like, well, are you watching TV? And I'm like, no. She's like, are you on YouTube? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm doing nothing. Not a thing. No things. No things. Let me do no things. <laughs> exactly. There are no things that will be done today. <laughs> you know, that is so important because it's, it's key that we... We pour into others because that's who we are. That's our nature. And that's important too for people to know. That's okay. That can be your nature, but pour into yourself. Yeah. And what that pour into yourself looks like is just absolutely identifying where does my center need to come from and how am mm -hmm. I celebrating and embracing that? And I think Mimi, yeah. you, you put it so beautifully. And I just have to say again, uh, first of all, I feel like this time flew by, um, but I am just so grateful to you for joining us today on Fearlessly Made You. What you've unpacked <laughs> in such a short amount of time <laughs> is just amazing to me. And I know we're going to have to have a, another episode with you. I feel like we have to have um, the art of being Mimi part two, because there's just so much that I, I want our, our team and our Fearlessly Made You crew to, to hear and understand because it's just, it's powerful. And like we said, there's this emboldening that you do with us and that you've done on this, this podcast. So thank you, Mimi, so much. I appreciate you for joining us. And thank yes, you guys anytime. so much. Yes, we appreciate you. And thank you guys again for listening and stay tuned for another episode of Fearlessly Made You.